Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. There are just three weeks to go before the biggest highways and transport technology event of the year, so on Highways Voices today, we look forward to Highways UK. I hope everyone's ready to get their walking shoes on because it's going to be across 18,000 square metres, so it's 6,000 metres bigger than last year. And we'll give you some tips on how to get the most out of it. But I still apply the same principles, and that is something called hookers, helpers and heroes. Highways Voices is the official podcast of the event, and we'll be covering it all in depth from the end. NEC, thanks to the support of AGD Systems and Traffic Group Signals, Reflow, Keeley Brothers and Unix Traffic. Highways Voices, in association with partner organisations, the Transport Technology Forum, ITS UK, Elkrig and Adept. Lots of looking ahead to come on the podcast today, but first let's have a quick look back on a few of the stories recently posted on the Highways News website that have caught Adrian Tatum's eye. Two serious incidents of abuse on road workers maintaining Luton's road network has led to the council and its contract to Volker Highways reinforcing their condemnation of abuse on anyone that works on the public highway. In one incident that took place in the area, road workers and traffic management operatives were verbally and physically abused and threatened by several members of the public who wanted to get through a road closure. Elsewhere, other road workers were abused and drivers refused to move until they were let through road closures. One worker was spat at while another was threatened with a spanner by a member of the public. The council wants to remind motorists that roadworks, although frustrating at times, are there to improve the road network for the people of Luton and that any abuse of road workers is wholly unacceptable. Elsewhere, a motion supporting reversing government cuts to cycling walking in England was agreed at the Liberal Democrat Party conference in Bournemouth. It was passed during debate on transport. Cycling UK has reacted to support the commitment, but urged the party to be bold in its ambitions. Ministers cut the dedicated budget for cycling walking by 75% in March 2023, despite the National Audit Committee finding levels would not be enough to meet government's modest targets to double cycling by 2025. Currently, fewer than 2% of journeys are cycling in England, reports Cycling Industry News. We're the only place you need to go for everything you need to know. We are Highways News. We're on X, which everyone knows as Twitter, LinkedIn, our website, and into your inbox every lunchtime if you sign up to our unique daily newsletter. Don't miss out. Sign up at highways-news.com slash subscribe. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. So we're looking forward to Highways UK 2023, the country's premier event for the highways and transport sector, getting together to discuss roads for two days in Birmingham. And I'm joined by senior conference producer, Claudia Davidson. Claudia, thanks for joining us, looking ahead to this Highways UK. We're a couple of weeks away from it now. How's the preparation going? Yeah, it's going really well. It's obviously busy. We're in in the countdown now. So, um, yeah, just kind of crossing the T's, dotting the I's. But uh, the team are working really hard. And 
I think it's going to be a record-breaking year. Now, last year I walked around marvelling at the sheer number of different theatres and so many different speakers going on, so much knowledge being shared. It was it was almost difficult to work out which theatre to be in when also wanting to go and see the exhibition. Uh, so you didn't seem satisfied with that because you've made it even bigger this year. Yeah, we have. We've added a couple more theatres. So we've got 12 now this year including our National Highways Theatre. So yeah, I hope everyone's ready to get their walking shoes on because it's going to be across 18,000 square metres. So it's 6,000 metres bigger than last year. We're going even bigger next year. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great event to be working on. And I think what's great is we've got such a strong exhibition, but also paired with a really high level conference. I think sometimes with this show, one dips, one or, or, or the other kind of is stronger, but we're really pleased that both have stayed really strong. I remember the first Highways UK, which was at XL in London, was really focused on national highways. It was just as uh, Highways Agency had rebranded Highways England. Looking at what you're doing now, though, it does seem to be much more a mix between the strategic road network and local roads as well. Yeah, so we obviously, National Highways are our prime partner and they have their own theatre, they have a huge stand in the middle and they are the focus, but we are really trying to grow our, our local authority portfolio. So we obviously work really closely with Adept and with Elkrig and we have a local authority stage and we're really seeing a growth in the registrations from local authorities, which is fantastic. And that is through our strategic partnership with, with Elkrig and Adept. And I think what's great is, you know, we've got the National Highways focused content and the local authority focused content, but within the other eight stages, we bring together both national highways and local authorities because there is real synergies in the problems that they are facing. So to get such a senior representation from national highways and local roads, it's really great to kind of hear those success stories and hear that collaboration taking shape. I mentioned just how busy the event is. Do you have any hints and tips for people coming along to visit the exhibition and the conference as to how best manage their time so they don't go away feeling that they've missed out on something they wish they'd actually seen. Our swap card app will go live two weeks before the event so I think really plan your day, register for your sessions, book your meetings and I think that will make the best use of your time try and come for the two days if you can I think I know it's a lot to ask for people but I think there is really strong content across both days but I think yeah that the app that we have I think is a unique USP to us as organizers what we provide and it's nice to kind of turn up on the day and kind of know what you're going to face we don't print anything because there can be those last minute changes so the app obviously updates and yeah that, that's the best way to kind of plan the, the two days in full yeah I remember organizing a, an event once not quite as much as you did but certainly the deadline for the printing of all the conference agenda was a nightmare because of course then it was a real hassle and you got frowned upon for changing anything so I guess you've got the ability to to be really flexible on that and uh, looking at the sheer number of things that we can do during the two days you've decided to not give us any respite on the Wednesday evening because there's the gala dinner and awards. Yes, and our host for that is Simon Calder, the uh, travel journalist, so I'm really thrilled about that. It's the second year we've really done them now, and they've grown and we've had such a fantastic reaction. I think we were about 80% sold out on those, but there are tickets still available. And I think the shortlist, it just shows there's so much excellence in the sector, and for us to get the whole industry together for two for two days, it kind of it's our way of kind of giving back and giving people a bit of uh, more informal networking in the evening. So yeah, it's, it's a full-on kind of 48 hours. 
Okay, Claudia. Well, we will catch up on the first of the shows from the NEC that I'll put up on the Highways News website about four o'clock on the Tuesday. If I can catch you sometime on the Tuesday, we'll have a chat and you can give us a little bit of a guide to the absolute must-attend sessions during Highways UK Day 1. So we'll catch up when we're in the NEC. Great. Looking forward to it, Paul. Claudia gave you a few tips there on how to navigate Highways UK and we'll hear some advice if you're an exhibitor on how to attract people to your stand a little later on in the programme. This is Highways Voices sponsored by Reflow, Keeley Brothers, Unix Traffic and AGD Systems and Traffic Group Signals and let's go now to AGD Systems who are having a joint stand this year with their partners Traffic Group Signals. AGD has always got kit to show off as I found out when I chatted to Senior Commercial Manager Kieran Corbally at the JCT Traffic Signals Symposium a couple of weeks ago. So Kieran, the exciting thing about AGD is every time you turn up at a JCT Traffic Signals Symposium we're seeing something new. Uh, from what I see from the display behind you, uh, AGD 650 dual zone stopline detector seems to be a really big new thing to the market this year. Uh, yes, Paul, very much so. We've had it for probably about 12 months now, and we've been doing various different bits of testing, new bits of innovation with it, some new conversations with people, but always looking for feedback from the market as to what they've installed, why they've installed it, uh, what feedback they have from that installation, and we use that as a path to move us forward to help us innovate the product and ultimately to guide us for where we're going to for the future. Okay, so what does it do? So, as it says on the tin, it's a dual zone stop line detector, something that we're trying to move a little bit away from and do a little bit more with it. So, this year what we've done is we've recorded a couple of videos just of some different ideas that we're trying to do. So, as well as stop line, we're starting to look at bus priority, we're starting to look at all red, we're starting to look at adding additional zones in, so moving it from dual zone to multi-zone. And there's some new ideas that we're going to have as well that we're looking to kind of put out to the market and see what their feedback is and what their thoughts are on these new ideas that we're trying to do. So that's some things that we'll have some conversations about. One of the issues is that the more you put into a product, sometimes the harder it is to configure, the hard, you know, the more expertise you need to be able to actually make the thing work as well as it can do. Is that something that you've thought about and that you've actually made it really intuitive? Uh, it's a very good question, Paul. I mean, we go back 30 years as an organisation, so we've been around radar and detecting vehicles for a very, very long time. As we've moved into the world of AI, the, the unit itself does its own deep learning. So we feed it full of information, we feed it what a bicycle is, what a truck is, what a bus is, what a vehicle is, a car, motorcycle. We innovate from there, so we push it forward from there, and it's about utilising it in different ways and thinking about what, we, what else we can do with it. So instead of it just being stop line, can we use it for bus priority? Can we use it for cycle priority? Can we use it, as I say, for all red, for loop replacement, for exit blocking? There's a multitude of things that we can do with it. But as you bring a new product to the market and something that you're trying to constantly innovate, it is a step-by-step -step process. You're not going to achieve everything overnight. So we've done it in levels. We've not tried to change the world or reinvent the wheel all in one day. We're doing it over a period of time. But it sounds a bit like the 
radar equivalent of an iPhone then that you get new software and new firmware that goes into the product so it can do more things and kind of future-proofed. Absolutely, absolutely. It very much is tomorrow for us. It's, it's about today, so obviously achieving the, the pain points from the market, making sure we're doing what it says on the tin and, and uh, solving those problems, but also prepping ourselves for tomorrow, for next year, and for what that future market holds and how the environment's going to change. As far as the product actually on street already is concerned, how's it gone down with customers that are using it? Oh, fabulous, absolutely fabulous. I mean, even up till yesterday, I had a conversation with one of our clients yesterday who was giving us feedback immediately, loves the product, Ease of setup obviously is the big thing from an AGD perspective, it's something we pride ourselves on. But making sure that it is following up on that, uh, we obviously then will liaise with a client once it's installed. We're constantly offering that support, assistance and help to them and helping them of course help us drive the market forward. That's Kieran Corbley of AGD Systems there and we'll be hearing more from him at the event as well as many more exhibitors and speakers and of course our other sponsors such as Keeley Brothers who we featured a few weeks ago on Highways News with the news of their new multi-patcher which they've brought to the UK to handle all road maintenance tasks from cleaning and preparing potholes to delivering high quality finished road surfaces. I'll put a link to that story in the blurb so you can look it up but it was brought to the UK by consultant Neil Levitt, who's a good friend of Highways News, as you know. And Neil, it's a huge machine, the multi-patcher. And even though Highways UK, as we heard from Claudia earlier, is a huge event this year and half as big again as it has been in the past, will you have room to have a multi-patcher on the stand or will it be too busy actually out and about on our network? Hello, Paul. Um, great to, to catch up again. And thank you for, for having me back here on uh, Highways Voices. Yes, the, uh, the multi-patch is an exciting product that we brought over um, for Keeley Brothers, myself and uh, Ross Bullerwell, who's my, uh, my my business partner in this venture. Um, we went over to Australia earlier in the year where the, the products have been developed and manufactured and the first machine landed and was commissioned and doing its uh, trials in August. It's out doing demonstrations, unfortunately, around the country. It's not going to be available to be at the event itself. So we we have some extensive videos that we can show people of how the, the product works. It's exceptionally uh, safe to use because we only have one operative now using the vehicle. We don't have anybody in the carriageway at all repairing the potholes. We can clear out the detritus and water from the pothole to prepare it. We have a brush on a sidearm which can clear loose stones and detritus away as well from uh, from haunt repairs. And then we have the uh, the tyres which we use for compaction of the vehicle as well and a, a rear spreader of a mini surface dresser on the machine. So all of this is done from inside the cab. Yeah, it's out. It's doing its field trials. It's doing its demonstrations. And um, we've got the orders in the pipeline for more to arrive, hopefully next year as well. Now, when we last chatted on Highways Voices, it was at the Elkrig Innovation Festival back in the summer, if we could call it a summer. And Keeley's was showing off a new road surfacing product using glass within it. Uh, is that going to be available on site to see? Yes, so um, very exciting uh, innovation that we, we brought to market there. It's mainly used for the coloured surfacing for things like active travel routes, or it could be for parking bays, ERA bays for uh, smart motorways, could even be used for uh, EV charging bays and um, cycle lanes and bus lanes. So it's a, it's a resin-based coloured surface product. 
rather than using proprietary mind aggregate bauxite, which many people will know is uh, is mined and the conditions of the miners are sometimes uh, of a concern to, to local authorities because it's very hard to get that quality control. We've started to uh, bring in uh, this product to market now, which is recycled industrial and commercial glass. So, we replace, we crush it down to the aggregate size. It's not slithers. It's not going to puncture people's tires or cut knees any more than a normal stone would if people tripped over. And it's pulverized down to the same same sizes as, as an aggregate would be. And so from a carbon perspective, we've not got that proprietary mining issue. We don't have um, single-use aggregate stone anymore. We don't have the shipping costs of bringing it in from around the world. And we um, are able to have a, a product which actually holds its colour a lot better than a solid stone because with the glass being translucent, the 360-degree resin colour is able to shine through if even the stone uh, wearing course aspect of the, uh, the resin, the colouring on the, um, the glass has worn. You then would normally on traditional stone just have that solid matte look to a surface as you look down it. But with the translucency of the glass, it retains that vibrancy a lot longer. So we're having a lot of interest from local authorities. And that product actually won the uh, one of the Elkrig Innovation Awards at the festival in the summer. We're now working with a couple of local authorities through Keeley Brothers and through Elkrig to actually get some field demonstrations out and some live jobs as well. So very exciting. And there'll be examples of that on the floor at the stand as well. So please come over and have a look. Uh, you actually took the role of interviewer on the first podcast of the year here on Highways Voices. I don't know if you remember a long while ago, our guest on the first week was James Fellows from Bridge of Hope. And you chatted to him because Keeley Brothers are working with Bridge of Hope on uh, bringing untapped talent into our industry. Tell us a little bit about that and uh, and how that's going. Yeah, it's going really well. James, James is a, a real inspiration. He's an ex-executive from the Drinks Brands Diageo who had uh, his own mental health condition uh, that he suffered from. I'm not breaching any confidences. He, he speaks about it openly in the video which we filmed. And he now runs a charity which helps people from what he calls the periphery of society, people that are struggling to get back into employment, whether that be through mental health through drink or drug addiction, gambling addictions or, or any other issues that they may have faced. They're looking to get back into mainstream employment. Through the type of work that Keeleys have for some of their manual operatives, it, it's not the type of job that people would have necessarily put on the, the top of their careers program when they were leaving school. And so we tend to find people that are happy to work outdoors, like a, a less structured office environment. And we've had some real success finding people through Bridge of Hope, giving these people a second chance and a second opportunity. That then manifested itself in us being approached by the prison service. We've got a guy called Ash Howard, who's the head of recruitment and training at Keeley Brothers. And Ash regularly now goes into Leicester Prison um, to train uh, offenders who are due for release and give them qualifications um, around basic health and safety and getting them towards their CSCS cards so that they can work on sites and they can come out almost ready to walk straight into employment. That's something we're very, very passionate about because the effect of reoffending on the UK is is billions of pounds per year from the Ministry of Justice figures. And 
even if we can get half a dozen ex-offenders into employment through construction sites, it's better than having them going back out and re-offending. And, and it helps them personally as well. They come out with a purpose rather than you know, wandering around aimlessly, not quite knowing who's going to give them an opportunity. Great work there, Neil. Now, before you go, I just want to pick up on one last thing I've uh, seen, which is looking through the list of uh, papers and sessions taking place at uh, Highways UK. I see that you're going to be on with Martin Duffy in the local authority theatre, 10 past one on the 18th. Yes, I'll, I'll be the uh, the weak link in a very strong panel there, I think. I'm, <laughs> I'm joined by, uh, or I will be joining uh, Martin, who will be chairing the session. I've got um, Carol Valentine, who's been involved with um, the, the Live Labs projects, David Kinsey from um, Derby, as well, and Carol's obviously from Kent, uh, and Robert Tate, who's uh, the sales director for um, Renix as well, working as a, a main board director at ITS UK and on the National Council for the Institute of Highway Engineers, and as a consultant into the sector, bringing new products into the marketplace. It's to give a, a perspective, really, on on what it's been like. I've, I've worked, obviously, with Kylie's, bringing in the multi-patcher and, and, the, and the glass, and then also with another client I work with as well, I've um, been bringing in um, a new technology product for them. And it's talking about the barriers to innovation, really. We have these products. We have what people are describing as a, a reducing pool of money every year. We have companies that are coming into the market with new innovations, new products, new services that could save cash or or certainly spread that cash that we do have a little bit wider. But there are barriers to entry, uh, whether that be attitudes to risk, whether that be attitudes to um, commercial interests that procurers may have but the clients themselves are all very interested to see the products on the market so it's going to be a very interesting uh, debate there about some of the uh, the barriers that we've had looking forward to it neil we're out of time now but you're a busy man and we will catch up with you wearing your multiple hats when we get to the nec in october uh, for now thanks very much for joining us on highways voices always a pleasure thanks for having me paul that's Neil Levitt, a consultant working with Keeley Brothers on a variety of their products, and he's working on loads of other things as well. This is Highways Voices, and we'll have some tips for you if you're an exhibitor on their way. But next up, it's news from our partners. Highways Voices, with the latest news and events from our partner organisations, Elkrig, Adept, the Transport Technology Forum, and ITS UK. The industry heads to Blackpool next week for Elkrig's Strictly Highways event. Elkrig's flagship annual conference, networking event and awards ceremony brings together the whole highways community and celebrates the amazing work that's taking place in our sector. You will have the opportunity to learn about new innovations and technology, share experiences, receive updates from the DFT and network across the two days in the glittering setting of the ballroom at the Winter Gardens. Last year's event saw more than 370 delegates attend over the two days with representation from 70 different highways authorities and this year is even bigger. 
The Transport Technology Forum will be well represented at Strictly Highways, plugging the use of new technology within the highway sector. TTF manager Darren Capes will be following up his address at the JCT Traffic Signal Symposium a couple of weeks ago that you heard on last week's podcast with another keynote speech in Blackpool. Let's find out if he has any more challenges for the industry when we hear him there. The latest Live Labs 2 update from Adept features the East Riding Live Lab. East Riding leads a partnership of 10 local authorities and the Department for Infrastructure Northern Ireland in a programme which examines how to decarbonise street lighting. The trials have already started with the installation of three kilometres of next generation white lining and solar powered illuminated road studs. This will be closely followed by higher reflective signage. Academic scrutiny for the project is being provided by Sheffield University and Adept has published all seven lines. Labs to projects strategic outline business cases on its website and ITS UK is holding another big ITS conversation on the 27th of November the first big ITS conversation took place in April when more than 200 attendees joined for meetings between private and public sector ITS organizations the event uses innovative networking platform Remo to allow public sector representatives to host virtual tables where they can meet with private sector ITS providers. East West Rail, Transport for London, Transport for the West Midlands, Dorset Council, Transport for Greater Manchester, Reading Borough Council, Coventry City Council, the Department for Infrastructure in Northern Ireland and Glasgow City Council have already signed up. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. Highways Voices this week, looking ahead to Highways UK, we'll be bringing you daily podcasts from Highways UK. I'll put one together during the setup on Tuesday. Then we've got a roundup on Wednesday and another on Thursday. Adrian and I will both be hosting sessions in the main theatre during the event, and I'll bring you those as podcasts afterwards too, I hope. So plenty of big names on the podcast, including National Highways CEO Nick Harris and Emma Ward, Director General for Roads, Places and Environment Group at the Department for Transport, plus maybe a minister or shadow minister, all made possible thanks to our sponsors Unex Traffic, AGD Systems and Traffic Group Signals, Reflow and Keeley Brothers, do make sure you go and chat to them at the NEC. Now, if you're an exhibitor, how do you get people to come and chat to you? Let's hear from marketing guru Helen Blood now, from Boundary Marketing and PR, who knows a thing or two about putting together an exhibition. I'm actually recycling this interview from last year's Highways UK podcast because we shared this on setup day, which on reflection was just a bit late to do anything with. So now we've got time to put her ideas into action. Here's Helen's take on how you can get the most out of giving the best impression to get the most out of Highways UK. How do you look to somebody who's wandering past, you know, do you look approachable? So the whole eating on your stand, being on the phone on your stand, arms crossed, sitting at the table on your laptop, it is a complete waste of your time and money if you're going to come to a show and do that. I know sometimes we have to, but take it off stand, go for a walk, answer that phone call, make sure that one of your colleagues has got the stand covered. I operate um, a process that was taught to me many, many moons ago. As you say, I've been doing this a long time for. But I still apply the same principles, and that is something called hookers, helpers and heroes. Um, It normally uh, makes people snigger a little bit. (laughs) 
but the whole hooker idea is related to shepherd's hooks. So you really do need to be proactive in reaching out to people as they're walking by your stand. Otherwise, they will literally walk by your stand. And you need to think about whether you've got something that is going to make them want to come and talk to you. There's no point sort of saying to them, what brings you here today? Because they're going to say a bus, a car or so on. So you need to think about how you, you question people and get them to stop and engage with you. And then obviously, a bit like one of our clients that's here at the moment is, have you got something new to show? People mainly come to events because they're looking for something different and they've got, you know, they want to find something new. Uh, making sure that you have told them that. So utilising, you know, these days, you know, social media platforms, in particular LinkedIn, um, to let people know that you are here and you've got something to show. Um, and then when they are here, kind of bringing them in getting some PR and editorial out there before the show to let people know, like yourselves, with regards to Highways News. And then, you know, having people on the stand then who are the kind of heroes in, in my ear. So they're the people that really know what it is you do as a business and can talk to people in a, in a knowledgeable way. And it's not always the salespeople. Um, the same as salespeople aren't always the right people to be hookers. You know, you think they are, but they aren't necessarily. And then, you know, people that are helping are those people that literally help you to facilitate the running of the, of the stand itself. Something good, strong, visually, right messaging, think it through. You've spent a lot of money being here, not just on the physical stand and space, but on your time, your people's time, hotels and all the additional costs that are often forgotten. So it is important that you get your ROI. The key to that is don't leave your leads on the stand because the amount of events I've done over the years where at the end of the show I'm tidying up and every single lead that has been generated is still in, the, you know, in a folder, in a book and people have walked off and just not thought twice about it. Yes, nowadays we have swap card in this case, you know, we've got apps, etc. Um, so that is less of an issue, but that is key, the follow-up, absolutely. You also get the issue when you're on a stand that you either get the tyre kickers who've come across really because they just want to nick a couple of celebrations out of the pot that you bought from Asda a couple of days ago or alternatively you get your competitors coming over trying to nick your ideas. Have you got any hints as to how to spot a genuine conversation that could lead to some business and how maybe to, uh, how can I put it politely, get rid of somebody that's really going to waste your time yeah that's a tricky one isn't it because we're very british and we don't really want to be rude however i think you you do know um if you've been doing this kind of thing for a while you know and you know your compet competitors and it's quite easy to kind of take them off as they start try to come on and sort of say you know i'm really busy right now so you know if you don't mind we'll have to catch up later and the same with you know people who do like you say people come on for a freebie and half the time the best thing to do is just give it to them and, uh, and let them leave um, in the nicest possible way. We don't have to be rude to keep something short and see people off. Um, we just need to let them know that we're here for a reason and it's not to be talking to them. That's Helen Blood with great advice for you on Highways Voices. We're almost out of time now, but before we go, let's tip our hat to somebody or some people doing amazing things in the industry. It's time for... Adrian's Accolade. And my accolade this week goes to the team at Transport Scotland. The Scottish Government has launched the Community Bus Fund to support local transport authority to explore the options for bus services set out in the Transport Scotland Act 2019 and improve public transport in their areas. 
More than five million is being made available as part of the shared policy programme with green MSPs, with greater levels of support for rural local authorities who face different challenges to those in cities. Recognising the unique challenges in rural areas face, particularly for people on low incomes who rely more heavily on bus, the fund will support locally improved access to services, links between different modes of transport, and using innovations such as new technology, as well as pilot projects to explore the powers of the act. We're the winners of my accolade this week. So that's it for today's Highways Voices, wetting your appetite for Highways UK in three weeks' time. Before that, I hope to see you at Elkrig's Strictly Highways event in Blackpool next week. Do come and say hello if you're there. And it just leaves me now time to say thank you to Keeley Brothers, Reflow, Unix Traffic and AGD Systems and Traffic Group Signals for supporting these podcasts. And by the time we get to the NEC, we should have one or two more sponsors as well let's wait and see we know there's so much more to come at the nec next month at highways uk really looking forward to it highways voices join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry 